President Robert, Rotarians and guests. Rob Helms told you what it takes to be a Rotary Peace Scholar and of our district's world-class leading success in identifying and mentoring candidates. To add reality to that, I'm delighted to introduce a real live Peace Fellow, Police Commander Stuart Bateson, whose background's outlined in the bulletin. He graduated from our Chulalongkorn University Peace Centre in Bangkok in 2013. And in my view, that's led to two significant promotions for him since then. He became superintendent for the Northwestern Metro Division Two, where amongst other things, he introduced partnerships programs with local organisations concerned with domestic violence, alcohol and drugs. Only had 500,000 people to look after. He's now a commander and there are only 10 commanders in the Victorian Police Force in charge of the Priority Communities Division, a relatively new police initiative. You may have seen him on television because he's been spokesperson where they've needed an immediate response to some tough situations, such as the Burke Street Massacre, where he has spoken simply and with clarity, and what I might say in non-police terms, talking, tell, explaining to public some aspects of those uh, profound in incidents. Today, Stuart will talk to us about modern policing in Victoria. Please welcome him. Uh, thank you, everyone. Um, thank you so much for having me here today. It's a great honour to speak uh, at the Melbourne Club, one of the biggest Rotary Clubs, as I hear today, uh, in the world. So congratulations for the work that you do. Um, yes, I'm a Rotary Peace Fellow, um, and I've got to say it was a life-changing experience for a humble police officer. Uh, I was selected through the, the Malvern um, Chadston Club to be put forward and then of course this district uh, prosecuted my case at the World Committee so I'm very thankful for that. I went to Thailand, uh, Chulalongkorn University and met my classmates of that particular year. Uh, we were 15 different, uh, we represented, well 17 of us actually and there was 15 different countries represented. Um, and we learnt things that I use in my job every day. Um, and I like to think that it's been particularly useful in some of the challenges that I'm going to talk about today. Uh, we still keeping close, uh, keep very close as a class. Um, we're in touch regularly uh, on Facebook. We've got a closed group. We, we uh, workshop some ideas, keep up with others' lives and, and, and careers. And I was only in Toronto a couple of weeks ago for a conference and did some work with one of my classmates on a project they were working on. So it's an unbelievable experience that I'm so thankful that Rotary gave to me. Um, and for Bob, really, who put me forward in that first instance, so thank you to you, Bob. 
Um, Victoria Police has been successful in getting a number of candidates through. I think we've worked out that we've had eight through the program. Uh, we have a cohort that meet regularly and talk through ideas uh, and solutions to some of the complex problems we face in, uh, in policing here in Victoria. So it's a great program and uh, thank you uh, once again for Rotary. Before I talk about the challenge, I'd, I guess I'd just like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we meet here today and acknowledge that they've been custodians of this land for thousands of years. Uh, and for that reason, um, I always undertake uh, to walk gently and respectfully on this land. Um, and I think it's worthy to note that because in, in, in my job, it always uh, I worthy to think this through, that unless you're from our First Nations people, our families are all relatively new arrivals to this country, uh, all looking for a, for a better, more secure life. A little bit about um, me, um, 31 years in the police force uh, just recently, which um, has gone past in a blink. Spent a lot of time in, in the Homicide Squad, 12 years, and uh, in the Prana uh, Task Force chasing Carl Williams and others for another seven years. Um, did any of you see the Underbelly series that depicted that? Um, a lot of truth in that, some fiction. Um, you would have seen if you watched that program that even some of the detectives had hot sex. I've got to tell you that was fiction. That never happened. <laughs> uh, not once in that time I was there. Um, but more recently, as Bob pointed out, I've become a divisional commander in the, in the western suburbs of Melbourne delivering all the policing services to that area uh, and then recently promoted uh, to commander at Priority Communities Division. So what are the challenges of modern policing um, is, the, is the topic I'd like to touch on today. And really, when it comes right down to it, I think the, the, the real crux of the issue is how, as an organisation, do we maintain our legitimacy? And I say that because um, if we do not have legitimacy as an organisation, then people are less likely to cooperate with our directions uh, they're uh, less likely to report victimisation and they're less likely uh, to assist uh, in keeping uh, Victoria safe. So it is crucial that we maintain our legitimacy. And when I think about policing on a continuum, at one end you have the real Sir Robert Peel principles of the community being the police and the police being the community, which is where Victoria Police really started its journey. And the, other end of the continuum, you have uh, perhaps an occupying force that you see in some countries where the police are there to impose uh, the enforcement of law by force. And Victoria Police move up and down that continuum, depending on what's happening uh, at any particular time. It's changed over the 31 years that I've been doing this job. Uh, certainly when I first started, I remember my first shift at the Kew Police Station and the sergeant took me down the street and we ended up being out for about uh, six hours. We wandered around to the shops, we met people, we talked to people and clearly he had a really strong connection to his community and he wanted to introduce me. I didn't wear a gun, I didn't wear a bulletproof vest, I didn't even have a baton on. We were out there doing community work. 30 years later, we would never send a young policeman out without all of his tools of his trade. And every day, our young police get up 
start their shift and put on a bulletproof vest. And it might be the day they need them. And that's something that I think is a true reflection of where we've moved to uh, as a community and as a society and made policing a much more dangerous job. But still, we must work hard to keep that trust and confidence uh, in us as an organisation. And when I think through that, I think about three things. Um, the first thing that we must do is our job. And Victoria Police, that is high on our priorities. We must prevent crime, respond to road trauma, um, catch the crooks, uh, all of those sorts, prevent family violence. We must do it well. And I think, generally speaking, we do as an organisation, but we've got to continually focus on that and make sure that we're lifting our capabilities to do that, our job. But the other part, and it's, these, are, these parts are equally important, and I think something that uh, is perhaps sometimes a little bit more challenging. The second part is we must always, in every interaction we have, treat people with dignity and respect every interaction we have. And that includes inside our own organisation. We must treat each other with dignity and respect at all times to maintain that confidence. And I'll touch on that a little bit later on. And the third thing that we must do as an organisation is that we must listen, really listen, understand, value and respond to the needs of our various communities. That's a must. Uh, those three challenges, I think, is what we must concentrate and the challenges in modern policing. Uh, if we get those three things right, uh, we will maintain the high levels of trust and confidence we've traditionally enjoyed here in Victoria. <coughs> so what's ch challenging us on that? Um, I can start really with the, the uh, treating people with dignity and respect. Many of you would have seen uh, that we underwent, uh, or we actually requested uh, the Victorian Equal Opportunities and Human Rights Commission to have a look at our culture. And our Chief Commissioner at the time, Ken Lay, was, I think, particularly brave because this was before the Me Too movement and other social movements that have brought this to the fore uh, around the world. And he asked them to have a look because he'd heard some horrific stories about the treatment of women uh, in our organisation. So he went out and underwent this review. And it did expose that we have had a history of sexual harassment and sexual impropriety and sexual assault within our organisation. Um, and our treatment of women in particular in our history has been horrific. So if we're going to treat our own people within our own organisation, then how can the public have trust in us to treat them with the dignity and respect they deserve? We've done a lot of work um, to change that culture over the last three years. Uh, and we are getting better. We're certainly making sure those conversations are being had. Since that was released, and we were the first ones to do it, we've seen these things have been happening in lots of organisations all over the world. It's not an issue just for Victoria Police, but it's something that we must get right and we'll continue to work on. We also need to make sure our members uh, think through that uh, and the dignity and respect angle because they are constantly in conflict with people. Our young members on the van uh, respond because someone has called them. There's either a fight or there's a, a conflict or there's something that they need to resolve and resolve quickly because there's another job waiting for them. And we saw earlier this year some challenges where some of our people uh, mistreated 
uh, a, a man with a mental illness and disability. You would have seen them spraying the hose. Um, I think it was widely reported in The Age and other, uh, the ABC. They actually handcuffed him, sprayed him, and then used a hose uh, to spray that from his face. When I saw that footage, uh, and thank God those uh, occasions are rare, I was appalled, but I also thought to myself, how did that happen? How did uh, a, a relatively senior person, they've been in the organisation for eight years doing that job, how did they move from joining Victoria Police wanting to help people to that situation where they clearly didn't? And that's, I think, a really challenging point for us. How do we actually get that thing so we don't wear our members down, that they lose their empathy to protect themselves? Um, and that's a chance where we've got to make sure that our members are reflecting about how they interact with people on a daily basis. Because it's not easy. Sometimes you've got to put a wall up. And we've seen many of our members suffer from PTSD and other mental illnesses because what they're exposed to on a daily basis is tough. It's tough to live through, it's tough to see, and it grinds you down. So in lots of ways, it starts to erode empathy in our members. So the challenge for us is to create some space for members to reflect on that, to give them some breathing space, to make sure they understand why they joined in the first place, to help people, help those in need of assistance. The listening and understanding uh, for me has been a, a really important part of my current job in Priority Communities Division um, because uh, that is uh, essentially what I am required to do. Make sure we're connected and in step with community organisations from a vast um, array of backgrounds. And our priority communities, when you might ask what those are, uh, we have priority communities for the Aboriginal community, uh, human rights, disability, LGBTI, multicultural, seniors, youth and mental health. Why those? Because traditionally we know they've been marginalised uh, and don't have the access to law enforcement and security that other communities enjoy. So they're a priority for make sure that we understand the needs and we meet those needs. This year's been tough uh, for me in this job because in lots of ways it's coincided with uh, what I see is a global rise of populist politics. We're seeing uh, leaders all over the world coming out and saying that they're men and women of action and they propose simple solutions to really complex problems. Unfortunately for police, we're often the solution to those complex problems. Get tough on crime, lock people up, don't forgive, don't help, just lock them up. And we've seen that uh, not only across the world, we've seen that rhetoric um, a lot this year in Victoria. Uh, some for very just reasons. We've had some horrific crimes uh, committed in particular by young men of South Sudanese uh, appearance. Um, but that rhetoric has also caused a lot of harm. I've been talking uh, directly and often to people from our African communities and some of the stories they tell me are just horrific. Young men from South Sudanese background are I feel that every time they go into a shopping centre, they are followed by security. And I know they are. I was speaking to one young man the other day and he said that he was on his way to university with three of his friends. He got on the train at Williams Landing in the middle of the day 
and 10 people in the carriage got up and left the carriage and moved to another carriage. The impact of that, the impact of not feeling welcome uh, is unbelievable uh, for these people. I can't truly understand it, but listening to their stories, I know um, Victorians are better than that. Uh, and in lots of ways, I think we showed that on Saturday. Um, it is a really challenging environment. One of the things uh, also that we're, we're concentrating on at Priority Communities Division is the over-representation of Aboriginal young people uh, in the justice system. Aboriginal young people are 13 times more likely in this state to be under justice supervision than non-Aboriginal people. Um, adults, 11 times more likely to be under justice supervision than non-Aboriginal people. This is not a problem just for Victoria. In fact, uh, this is a problem for the nation. Uh, and the solutions sometimes feel far out of the reach of police. But I think we've got an important leadership role um, to work with the Aboriginal community to try and make an impact on that. And I know it's something that our Chief Commissioner is very keen to deliver on. In Victoria, we're better placed than other states. Uh, this government has committed to negotiating a treaty with its Aboriginal people, uh, and they are very firmly uh, committed to self-determination. And self-determination simply means not only giving Aboriginal uh, people a seat at the decision-making table, but making it their table too. And that's something the Victoria Police is doing a lot more of in a lot better ways. Um, if our responses are going to be effective, they need to be informed by Aboriginal uh, cultural expertise. Uh, and we know that and we're working hard to deliver on that and hopefully we'll see some improvements over the next 12, 18 months. But it's a, a situation that we're going to be grappling with in this country for many years to come unless we see significant change. Um, I guess the other issue that we face on a, on a daily basis uh, is the threat of terrorism. Uh, and the recent events uh, in Melbourne highlight that risk. It is a challenge uh, for us, but it is something that we also need to think through uh, uh, how we talk about this. Uh, following the Burke Street incident, uh, which was committed, no doubt, by a man with very complex motivations. One of them was uh, his thoughts about Islam, which he had took to an extreme end and certainly didn't represent the religion. But he was also a man with very uh, complex mental health issues. Now, the community narrative around that was around um, blaming, or at least they felt like they'll be, they were blamed, that uh, Islamic leaders should be doing more uh, my experience uh, with, uh, with the leaders from those communities is, uh, and what I asked at that time, more of what? Because they are committed to bringing um, their communities together. They are committed to living in peace. Uh, they are committed to the Victorian community and they work very hard to build a strong and cohesive um, future uh, for their young people. So it was a very difficult uh, time for the community, especially uh, when there was some talk around them having to do more. Um, and I think what we need to concentrate on and think through is that this is a crime of people, of men, generally men, 
Uh, and it is those, uh, those types of things that we've got to be careful around how we talk about this. Because when we get it wrong, it is driving further uh, division away from our, uh, our Muslim community and driving further young men into further radicalisation because they feel more and more separated from mainstream society. So big challenges uh, for Victoria Police and it's not easy to navigate these things when there is also very much a need for us to do our job, our number one priority in trust and confidence. So we must hold criminals accountable for their action. We must bring them from, uh, before the courts quickly and efficiently. Uh, but we also must understand some of the impacts downstream because if we do not, we're just breeding future criminals to bring back into our system. Um, I often think about this when I see the Chief Commissioner standing up defending the crime stats. And it's generally him talking about it and we might have the police minister there um, and it's a great press conference if crime's going down and a terrible one if it's crime's going up. Uh, and I feel for them because when you think through most crimes that we're held responsible for an organisation, the reason they've been committed are public health issues, social issues, which are far outside the control of police. Mental health, drug and alcohol, breakdown in family values, these sorts of things are what are causing crime. So when we think through it, uh, there is a role for community in building strong society, supporting young people, and building a future that is inclusive rather than exclusive. Instead of pushing people aside to be the other, I think there's a role for all of us to bring them in to be part and feel part and be included in, in, in what I see as a great um, community and state in Victoria. Um, so that was a, a quick summary of our, our challenges. Um, but I'd like to open up perhaps if we've, anyone's got any questions for the last five minutes.